Welcome to the Legends of the Black and Tan Coonhound, a podcast where two past breed presidents, Chad Smith and Ray Conrad, dig into the weeds of the legends of the black and tan breed and the owners and handlers behind them. Our mission is simple, to enshrine the stories of past legends and raise awareness and participation in our beloved breed organization, the American Black and Tan Coonhound Association. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we unearth stories of past black and tan legends. Okay, guys, welcome back again to part two of uh, our uh, interview with uh, one of the greats of the breed, Randy Skaggs, uh, back again here, uh, uh, snowy morning, uh, snowy afternoon, rather, here in, in western Tennessee. But I've got, uh, of course, i got my partner in crime, Ray Conrad, and uh, got Randy still with me. Uh, we, left, we left off part one, and we're just going to start part two here with uh, – we're just talking about Misty, kind of, kind of, you know, Misty being that uh, kind of dog that you just, uh, she knew when she pulled up to a night hunt. So uh, let's pick up right there, um, uh, Randy, and kind of let's let's kind of carry on through through Misty uh, if you'd like. Uh, is there a cast that that you remember out of Misty that you would like to to share? Yeah, I could. There was. This was an ACHA hunt. It was a, an ACHA qualifying hunt for the, for the ACHA world hunt. And, uh, there was a three-dog cast. It was me, Russ Bellers, and he was hunting the, the Neiman dog that he'd won the PKC world hunt with. And uh, another fellow, I cannot remember his name, but he was hunting the dog that he had just bought off of Russ. And uh, I rode out to the hunt with Russ, or rode to the, to the woods with Russ, and Misty was about, no, 10, 12 days from having puppies in that cast. And, you know, we turned them loose. And, anyway, at the end of the cast, there were three dogs, and all three dogs had 300 plus and no minus. And I had, I won the cast with the most plus tree points. And I can remember old Russ sitting down in the middle of the blacktop road going on and he said, I can't believe I got beat by an overweight pregnant black dog. And, uh, <laughs> by the world, <laughs> by the, by the, by a former world champion, the, the handsome. That's the dog had won the, had won the PKC world hunt. The demon dog. And, uh, the demon dog. And uh, that's after that. That's when me and Russ started hunting a little bit together. And I tell you, and, and I think people tell you, if you, if you hunted with Russ, and you pulled up in there and you had a dog and you went just pleasure hunting and your dog looked better than Russ's, there's a good chance the next time you hunted, Russ wouldn't have that dog anymore. So he's a, a real competitor. So, so them puppies you're talking about, let's kind of, let's, let's, let's drop the anchor right there a minute. Uh, is that the litter we're thinking about? Is that a different litter? No, that was a different litter. I don't even remember what that was. I can, I didn't I didn't breed those females a whole lot because I liked hunting them too much. And then when I ended up having you know, I said three Grand Night champions, but then I would breed one of them one year and the next one the next year and stuff like that. So I'd always have and then you know when you got all females, you got dogs coming in heat and stuff like that. So they weren't 
none of them were really just bred a whole lot until they got older. Uh, but you know, I didn't know. Uh, and I bred them. And I'm not saying I know anything about breeding dogs now, but you know, back then I bred them to what was supposed to be some of the better you know, stud dogs in the country. I, I sent them wherever I had to send them to, you know, to, to breed them, you know. So you, uh, some of them, some of them worked and some of them didn't, you know, you told, like all the rest of it. You told me a story, uh, one of our other conversations about, uh, the Cypress Creek dog that you bred just to give him some notoriety. Could you, could you ex expound on that a little bit? That was a dog called, uh, Wheeler's Ozark Hammer. And Hammer was out of, <coughs> was out of Queen. And, uh, and Hammer belonged to a guy named Robbie Wheeler in, in, in Missouri. I sold him to him as a puppy and then got half of him back. Once I moved, once I moved to Nebraska, we weren't that far apart. I got half of him back, and then I would hunt him some, and Robbie would hunt him some. And, uh, <coughs> we wanted to get him bred to some more females. And I thought Robbie, one of the better, what I thought would be the best way to do that was breed him to Misty. But she was pretty well known, and you know, a lot of people said, "Well, if he's breeding that female to him, then I'm going to breed my female to him also." And that's what we done. And uh, <coughs> that cross right there, out of uh, out of uh, Hammer and Misty, is where the dog I had called Slammer. I had a Grand Knight Champion dog called Slammer, and another female I called Misty too. She was a Grand Knight. And Jeff Nelson's buck dog that was a Grand Knight champion. Those three all came out of that same litter. So, Ray, what we got to do, Ray, is tie that together as well. So, he just told you, uh, of course, Slammer. Everybody's probably heard of uh, Wheeler's Ozark <coughs> Slammer. But to tie, uh, we were talking about uh, on the front end of the podcast where uh, Randy's dogs directly had an effect on the Black River and the uh, and the Nelson's Northern line. I forgot one, and Randy, uh, uh, when he said that, it, it brought to to mind uh, Tim Whitaker's line. Uh, so basically, Tim Whitaker's line goes back to 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 Randy stuff through that litter that Randy bred Hammer to Misty. Is that right or wrong? Uh, Right. Yeah, I bred, I, bred, I bred Misty and Hammer two times back-to-back -back cycles. The first cycle, the first litter, is what uh, the Hammer and Misty Ann dog that uh, Timmy had, that Tim Whitaker hunted, or he owned her and then bred her to his Smoky dog, got Smoky too. That was that first cross. Then the second cross is where Slammer and Misty too and Buck came out of Jeff Nelson's buck dog come out of is identical cross but two different you know six months apart no what do you think about but that yeah, Ray? what do you think about that Ray Conrad pretty, pretty impressive I'm telling I'm telling you right now you about to get there where I know a little something about <laughs> what's going on we about to get pulled into it just a little bit you're you're getting closer Ray, huh? 
Yeah, I'm getting a little closer now. You're making me feel old. (laughs) Well, I don't know. You're probably not a whole lot older than I am. How old are you, Brent? I'm 67, but I'm I'm high mileage and low maintenance. Well, me too. I'm I'm 62, (laughs) so I'm not too much younger than you. So you bred Misty back-to-back cycles, and out of that, out of them two litters, you basically have originated um, the the Whitaker line. You originated the Nelsons line, and and through Slammer, you you you've gotten the Black River line through uh, Freeland and Dana White. Right. So there's three lines right, right there, Ray. That without this man on the on the other end of this uh, cord, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't know about. Pretty impressive. That's not, yeah, that's absolutely impressive. I mean, I was just talking when we took our break. You know, I had my my book out with the papers, you know, and I was telling Randy I own three grand nights right now, and I was looking at their papers, and everything I have goes back to his stuff, everything, every dog. And, and what – you know what Randy said is is he you know Randy Randy wanted to make sure he said all that goes back to Robertson's little deacon and that trip oh, where yeah. where he was he and his wife were stationed in Little Rock and they were just trying to find some spots to hunt and seeing a bunch of dog black dogs in a in a yard. Uh, all goes, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. That's where it started. That's where it started. Yes, sir. Well, let's uh, let's kind of. Uh, out of those three females, uh, uh, Queen was bred, and she made, uh, well, actually, she made the hammer dog that you bred to Misty, I guess, didn't Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Queen, Queen is, uh, uh, so basically the, uh, uh, it was double, you, you double bred, not close, but you bred two of your females kind of together through you know, through another male right. dog. It's, it's, exactly. It's pretty darn interesting. So out of those, uh, so we covered Misty. She had two litters. You bred her back to back. Of course, those two litters are, are world renowned. Do you remember any other litters? Uh, the uh, If you, anything else about another litter out of Misty? Not, not too much out of Misty. Not that, not, not that I can remember off the top of my head, I guess. I got so wrapped around the axles about the the cross was where Slammer come from that a lot of the rest of them. Now I can tell you some of the dogs I bred her to over the years, uh, but there would be, you know, you'd breed them, and you get one or two that was pretty nice, and three or four that just wasn't just didn't make it, you know. Uh, and I'll be honest to you, the, you know, the only cross that I ever made in my life that was a, what I'd say was a top cross was Misty and Hammer would produce Slammer. And, but, you know, if you get you get 75% of the dogs out of a, out of a litter to make Grand Night Champion, uh, that don't happen that often. No. Back then, that was quite an accomplishment, for sure. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, and, say, and, you get, and you remember things were a lot different than what they are now, the way we hunted dogs, the way they... The scoring system, everything was different then. Uh, but uh, that was a 
And I got, you know, uh, ACHA Breeder of the Year for that that year. Uh, for that, for that, that for that cross? For that cross, yes, sir. Okay, yeah. let's... Uh, Let's talk about Queen. Do you remember any of the crosses of Queen? I know, I, I know you. The the Misty and and Hammer Cross was was the cross. Well, best the best cross out of, out of Queen was the one that Hammer came out of, and that's when I bred her to uh, Cypress Creek Rock. Uh, that was a dog that belonged to John Woods okay. and up in Indiana. Yeah, and the and the rock. I hunted rock. I, I got the last wind on him to make him a grand for for John. And the, he was rock with the dog is a super tree dog up on the tree. Every breath slobber my tree dog. And if anything, he was broke to a fault. If there's such thing as a dog being broke to a fault, he was. If you took him into a cast and the other dog took off and run the deer. Rock would come back to the cast and try his best to hike his leg and pee down. Everybody's booting the cast. But he wasn't running no deer, you know. <laughs> and he didn't, he, he didn't really like even being out there when the other dogs were running deer. And, uh, uh, but he was, you know, he was out of a, his daddy was a dog called Lick Creek Bud. And he was, at, Bud was out of, Little Deacon. There you go. Ties back in pretty, mm -hmm. pretty, pretty sweet right there. Yep. That's and Queen, yeah. So if you go back and check Queen's mama, said so the Lick Creek Bud and Queen's mama were litter mates. So they were litter mate brother and sister. And so, you know, I, I kind of, I'm slow, but usually sometimes I'll catch on. And and I made that cross of bleeding those two dogs back on each other. That worked out better for me than anything else I'd ever tried. Not saying there's anything wrong with all the stud dogs I've bred to over the years, but they just didn't work out with mine. But when I crossed those two on each other, that worked out the best. And then I continued to do that for as long as I continued to breed dogs. I, you know, I, I pretty much kept kept putting them one back on the other, one, you know, and, and it produced you know, several Grand Night Champions and stuff out of those when I, when I kept on doing that. When I totally 100% outcrossed, it didn't work out for me. So. Well, you, um, so you basically, you can hang your hat on that cross where the cross was made just because you wanted to help your friend, Robbie Wheeler. And that right. particular cross was a history changer. It was a game changer. Um, I mean, we Ray and I've done a few of these, and, and these these stories, you know, uh, are so interesting and different and unique, aren't they, Ray? We're a absolutely. They just, um, you know, it, it everything is intertwined, but it's separate as well. So it's it is very unique. So tell me about the hammer dog. You you said you bought half a him. So so before we go past Misty, uh, we we covered Queen. We talked a little bit about Abby, but let's talk about Hammer. I mean, he deserves some attention as well. Now, hammer was 
he was a really nice dog to hunt too. Real nice tree dog. You know, not trashy. Pretty much a broke dog. <coughs> he didn't like he didn't like being around other trashy dogs or or other mean dogs. Uh, if you had, I can remember taking Hammer to a hunt in Ohio one time. Uh, I was going back to Ohio. I lived in Nebraska, but I was going to Ohio to uh, see my folks, and uh, I took Hammer with me and put him in a hunt while I was there. And uh, we had a, a cast. This is back when they, uh, the very first year that they come up with the rule that every who had first tree had first two minutes of shining time. And uh, anyway, we go to the very first tree, and there was a young boy. He was probably 12, 13 years old. And I don't remember any names or anything, but uh, the man who had first tree he went to raising cane because this young boy put his light in the tree. And everybody seen the coon. The coon was right there. His dog had the coon. There was no, it was all by himself. But he kept on raising cane until that young boy got scratched. And the, that kind of made me mad. And the, and I told him, I said, you know, if you hadn't been that way, I said, I would have just quit. I said, your dog trees a coon. Mine don't get no part of it. I'd quit and went home. And the, the, we went on hunting. And I made him turn loose with five minutes left in the cast. And I struck him tree and hammer and shut him out and had a coon and won the cast. Uh, I, I told the poor boy, I said, Yo, if you hadn't been so mean, if that had been my son and you'd done that to my son, I'd have been mad. And uh, if you hadn't done that, so I would have quit and went home and I'd been in bed and you could have won this hunt. But uh, Rock or Hammer was kind of dog just like Misty. Well, you wouldn't beat until it was over. Well, so, any, any minute. Any minute, he'd allow to just sit down in a tree and have a coon. Car- Karma got that guy, didn't it, Randy? Yeah, well, <laughs> I just, you know, certain things you just remember, you know, and that's just one of the, I've been in so many hunts, you can't remember them all, but I sure remember that, the way he treated that, uh, that young boy, and I didn't like it. <laughs> so basically, the old hammer dog uh, took took after uh, the, the rock hammer a little bit, the- didn't he? Yeah, and Hammer, Hammer placed it. Uh, and you guys may know more about this than I do, because I, I think Robbie hunted him. I was there, but I don't. Uh, he placed somewhere in Autobooks one year, uh, but I can't remember what it was. We hunted him more than. Well, we hunted him in some big hunts too, but uh, you know, St. Joe, Missouri is a long way from a lot of hunts back then. So, so you. Uh, um, uh, was excuse me? Was Hammer? You you owned half a Hammer later on, but you didn't own half a Hammer when you bred Misty to Hammer. Yeah, I did. you yeah. did. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so was Hammer at your house, or did you go to Robbie's house? He was at my house probably. He stayed at my house part of the time, and Robbie's part of the time. That's when I lived in Omaha. See, Hammer was Hammer was born at my house in Indiana, and uh, I sold him to Robbie as a puppy. Robbie was in the military too back then, and uh, Robbie's tour was up, and and he got out and went back to Missouri. And the way things worked out, a year or two later, about a year later, I got transferred to Omaha, Nebraska, which wasn't you know 100 miles from where Robbie lived. So. Uh, so basically, you were just 
a couple hours apart at that point, wasn't you? Yeah, we got back. Yeah, once I moved to Nebraska, we got back together and started hunting. And uh, I go down there and hunt and some hunts down there. You know, Nebraska didn't have a whole lot of hunts. And I go to Missouri or Iowa or wherever I had to go to hunt. And me and Robbie go to a lot of them together. So did all these yeah, dogs in the eighties, most of them, were they ball on the ground? Uh, Randy, would yeah. you ball chop yeah. or straight ball? But pretty much ball on the ground. I didn't have no chop mouth. I couldn't stand the dog. That, I can't stand a mouthy dog. I couldn't then. I can't now. But, gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Most of ball on the ground, chop on the tree. And, uh, now, would you classify you know, those dogs as medium nose, cold nose, hot nose, back in those days? Nose. Cold-nosed dogs. Cold-nosed dogs. Yeah, and they would, like I said, they would, the thing that's nice about those dogs, it made them easier to win with, is they just treated so many layup coons, coons that they never opened on, coons that hadn't been on the ground. You know how you can go out coon hunting and your dog don't ever say a word, and your, your dog trees one coon and you three, you can tree five with your light. Uh, you didn't do that so much with Misty and Queen and them, because they would, you know, all those coons, they'd treat them, you know. So they, had, them, you, you know, they had a winding nose as well as a as a, as, yeah. a ground, as a ground nose. They also had a winding nose as well. Misty'd take off. A lot of times she'd take off with her nose right up in the air. just like a big horse. She'd run, she's like, she'd just run like a deer with her head up in the air and just come treat. You know, she, she thought she smelled a coon. She was going to get treated. So let's... Uh, Let's talk, and them are the same, pretty much the same way. Let's talk about that first cross that produced uh, Misty Ann. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. All right. So you made the first cross. You remember how many pups you had in that litter? I can only remember two. Okay. You remember Misty yeah. Ann, of course. And another dog called Andy. It was Ann and Andy that we named them. And Whatever the become Andy of Andy? Uh, train. Train, got it. Uh, yeah, he got hit by a train. Uh, oh, it, yeah, he got hit by a train. Is it a train or a car? I think it was a train. Maybe, maybe it was a car. He got he got hit anyway. He got he got hit by he got he got car killed. I think it was maybe it was. And you sold a train. You sold Misty oh, yeah, to um, to Tim as a pup. Tim Whitaker as a pup. No, no, no. I kept her, and I hunted her. And, like I said, I had, I had two, she had two wins on her towards night camping when I sold her to John Woods. And John Woods sold her to somebody else and then Tim bought her. But she went through a couple hands before Timmy got her. But she was still pretty young back then. That was, she probably wasn't, when I sold her, she wasn't, you know, she was just a little over a year old when I sold her to John. Uh, but then, then she ended up going to. She ended up at Timmy's house somehow, but it wasn't wasn't through me. It didn't. He didn't get her off of me. Now, did she? Did Misty Ann make Grand Night, or she just stayed a night champion? I, I know you she know, was a I night champion. She, I think she made John. I think made her a night champion. Then they quit hunting her and just started breeding her. I, I don't think she was. I don't think she was ever hunted that much. After, you know, Tim bought her. Yeah, I don't do that. I don't really don't know. Uh, yeah, at that at that point, I'd moved. I'd moved from Indiana and moved to 
to Nebraska, so I don't really know how much they, they really hunted her. Okay, so that brings us up to speed. Basically, the the Whitaker line uh, was promoted through Misty Ann crossed against uh, Whitaker's Black Smoky, and that's where Smoky mm -hmm. 2 come from, and Smoky 3, yeah. and Smoky 4. There, there were several of those lines of the Whitaker yeah. line. And uh, so you move to Omaha, closer to Robbie, and you take this second time she comes in heat, and you breed her to... Uh, uh, back to hammer, back again. To hammer again, but but now you're you're pretty close. Uh, how many pups you remember out of that cross? Four, four, four pups out of that cross. Yeah. So yeah. we we basically said that cross produced uh, Misty Two, Slammer, Slammer, and Northern Buck, and Northern Buck. So uh, as Ray said a while ago, of course uh, y'all don't know it. Ray had to jump off. He had a had a meeting he had to go to, so uh, it's just me and Randy now. But as Ray said, now we're bringing, bringing up into the early '90s now, where uh, Jeff Nelson comes into the picture uh, with, uh, with, with Buck. So tell the listeners how you, why you remember that day so vividly. Well, Jeff was getting a, a puppy, and. I say my family is all from Ohio, and I told Jeff that I was going back there at Christmas time, and uh, I would bring the pup and meet him on the side of the interstate. Uh, I think we met in Illinois there, or Iowa, one of the other, I can't remember, but, uh, and I'd bring him his puppy. And we got our truck all loaded and got the kids in the truck, and I went out and got the puppy, put it in the truck, then went back to check on the dog and feed the dogs and that's when I seen Queen or Misty laying in the doghouse dead so uh, that was a, so that was a, in 1988 that was the year that she won the National Grand Night Champion and, and then she won National Grand Night Champion in September had the puppies in October and then died in December and uh, that's when I took that uh, the little pup that turned out you know it ended up being Jeff, uh, Northern Buck Dog, the original Buck Dog, uh, to him. So that was kind of the that was a, the starting of Jeff's dogs and the ending of mine. With <laughs> uh, as far as Misty was concerned. Well, that was uh, yeah. how old was she, Randy? Uh, I don't remember. She was probably she was probably eight years old, something like that. She she'd been around for a while. And been she had been. She'd been hunted a lot. She, she had a, kind of like me, she had a lot of miles on her. Yeah. And I don't know what, what got her. I mean, she was, she was fine one day, and just like some of us were going to be, she was fine one day and gone the next day. So, but, kind of like our friend Carl Meinhart. He was, yeah. was fine one day yeah. and gone the next. So at this yeah. point, leaves you with some pups, I guess, and, and Queen and Abby. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, I took the. Uh, I took the other two, the other pups. One, the 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 one I called Misty Two, I'd sold her to a man, and I can't remember his name in Texas. And I flew her to Texas. I flew her to Texas as a puppy, and I kept the the one male that I called Slammer, just because he was one of the bigger ones, and he was, you know, the, what they call monkey face, I guess, like his mother. I kept her, and uh, 
I sent her down to a, a good friend of mine back then, uh, a guy named Tim McElroy that lived in Missouri. And uh, Tim deserves the credit for a lot of the dogs, Slammer and Misty too, and even Hammer and, and some of the later dogs. Tim was uh, probably one of the best I ever seen. He is the best I ever seen at starting puppies. Uh, he wouldn't. That was his thing. That's what he liked to do, and that's what he he wasn't real big on finishing them, but he was he liked getting them started. And I took Slammer down there and stuff him, and Timmy hunted him for a month, and uh, then I took him back. You know, he, in a month he was running the coons. He wasn't, you know, six months old. Slammer was a night champion before he was a year old. Well, I know ain't no big deal nowadays, but it probably was back then. Especially if you lived in Nebraska, where there wasn't very many hunts to go to. But uh, anyway, that's who 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 started Slammer. And Slammer was so good. I liked him so well. I called the man in Texas that got Misty too, and asked him how she was doing. And he said, "Well, I guess she's doing okay. She's out there in the pen." He'd never done nothing with her. He'd never hunted her. And uh, I asked him if he'd sell her back. And he said, "Yeah, I'll take my money back." So I gave him his money back, and he sent her back to me. And I sent her back to, I sent her down to Timmy down in Missouri, and a month later he called me and said, this will be one of the best you've ever had. And so I went and got her. So again, I'm getting overwhelmed with dogs. I get more dogs, especially when you live in a subdivision in Nebraska. Just, I got more dogs than I can handle. So I had help. You know, I had other people that I sent them to. So Timmy McElroy needs, you know, is he still alive, Randy? I think so. I haven't talked to him in quite a few years. But, uh, uh, he lived in, in up there in Missouri, kind of between me and Robbie. And, and he is, well, it's a lot of the dogs. You know, he, he hunted Hammer some. He hunted there's another dog that was out of Hammer named Scout that, that he hunted some. And uh, you know, he, he, he was really just top notch when it come to to handling puppies and knowing what to do with dogs. It just like I said when I got when I got a little older, they needed singled out and somebody else hunting them, you know. So once they got to run the tree, and he was ready to get rid of them, and move on to something else, move on to another bunch. But anyway, so Slammer is is. Uh... I'm pretty sure. Am I not right about this, Randy? Didn't the didn't the Freeland and Dana White's uh, start come from Slammer on the on on, on their breeding no, that started? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Slammer. I'd have to go back. We uh, we went to Chad McCoy's house one summer. Uh, Wendell and I did to breed one of our dogs, and he had a, a banner up there that. I'm pretty sure it's a slammer uh, that that line goes back to of Dana and Freeland White that bred slammer against Ace is is uh, is what I'm thinking that produced those dogs that ended up making Black River Hammer and Black River Buddy. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. I think that's true, but hey, see when the, the slammer was still real young. Uh, he was a little over a year old 
I'd made a night change, then it was hunting even then I got transferred to Alaska. Well that happened, that pretty much ended the hunting for a while. And the I left Slammer there with a young guy, a young boy. He was just 16, 17, 18 years old, something I don't know. And Nebraska was hunting him for a while. And then uh, Carl called me, Carl Meinhardt called me, and Carl wanted to hunt him and, and to breed with him, using to you know, breed some females and promote him. And <clears throat> so uh, me and Carl went in partners on him and I shipped him down to Carl. For a couple of years until uh, until I came back home, until I came back to the lower 48 from Alaska. So you know, now what females? I told Carl it was up to him. He bred into what he wanted. He done just treated him pretty much like it was all his because you know I wasn't much I could do with him from where I was at. So that may have been when some of that took place is when I was gone. You know. Um, what kind of, what kind of ham was Slammer? Uh, he, he was about tough as they come. He, he went as far as he had to go up on the tree, tree dog. Extreme, when he was young, he was extremely, extremely loud mouth. Uh, you'd have a problem with people in a cast wanting to minus him because they'd have to walk so far to get to him. But you could hear him so good from where you started. And they said, there's no way that dog could still be that loud from where we heard him to where we're at now. And I said, well, what time did he shut up and move? And, uh, but he was just that loud. But then uh, when he got some age on him, his, his mouth kind of, his, he would out-hunt his mouth when he got old. But he, he was a straight, I mean, pretty much, he, he never treated possum or nothing until after he made night shaving, and then he kind of fell in love with possums for a couple months. But uh, other than that, he never ran anything fast. He never ran foxes, coyotes, deers, none of that kind of stuff. Uh, he was just a good, just all around good, just a good, good hound to own, uh, good hound to hunt. But, uh, now was it? Carl had him down there. Go ahead. When Carl, had him, he, he, when Carl had him down there, he got across the river on him and treed and they couldn't get to him. So they went back the next day and, and took a boat to him. And uh, when he had when he stayed treed all night and half the day, the next day, that kind of kind of hurt his mouth, I think, a whole lot. And you know, he never had the mouth after that that he had before. But anyway, I I was more interested in breeding <laughs> him than I was hunting him anyway. So. What, uh, you remember what did, of course, we're talking about Black River stuff, but anything that you remember that, that he produced that, uh, that you remember of, you know, any dog, male or female that he reproduced that you remember? He had one that, uh, Timmy bred him, Tim McElroy bred him while I was gone, and, uh, he had a dog we called Slam. Uh, and he's, what I'd say, was probably probably one of the better dogs, if not the best dog I ever did own, was, was a dog called Slam that was out of Slammer. And uh, it was out of a female that uh, 
Timmy had that went back to uh, Abby. The old, remember when we first started talking about yeah. Abby. Uh, Slam was a dog that had uh, he had Misty Queen and Abby all three in him. And uh, Timmy's the one who who uh, who made that cross. And Slam was a another dog was born. That was he was born when I was in Alaska. And I came back from Alaska and ended up in New Mexico, which is not a whole lot better than Alaska as far as raccoon hunting. Uh, but uh, when I was there, I went and got Slam and started hunting him and got Slammer back from Carl. <coughs> and, you know, hunting in New Mexico, like I said, you have to drive. It was 60, 70 miles each direction just to get to a place that you'd even think about coon hunting. uh, So I sent Slam to uh, James Kirkland. James hunted him for me for a few months. And uh, uh, then I hunted him, and I used to take Slam. I liked him so well that uh, I'd get up and drive 13 hours to East Texas, take him in a in a competition hunt, drive 13 hours back to New Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) I finally got smart enough here. That wasn't a real smart idea. And uh, I thought I I might sell him. And uh, I sent him up to Indiana to John Woods. And uh, John hunted him for a month or two. And I priced him to John, and John didn't buy him. And I was tickled to death he didn't. But, uh, but he he was just a, uh, a really a tough, tough dog. And he, he was handled by so many different people. I said, I had John hunt him, and I sent him to Ohio for a man to hunt. And then uh, as he got older, I uh, sent him down here to Kentucky to a guy uh, named Larry Rodas to hunt. And Larry kept him down here and and hunted him, and uh, right by that time, I was getting, I transferred from New Mexico back to, to New Jersey, which again was a whole lot worse than Alaska and New Mexico, for numerous reasons, but uh, I'd come to Kentucky to hunt with him, you know, from New Jersey, 12 hours. <laughs> well, I liked him that well, that I would do that to hunt him. So he was mm-hmm. uh he was actually McElroy and Skaggs Black Slam. Slam. Yeah. And then Well, what I done back then, a lot of them dogs slam I owned all slam all the time. But, you know, back then, you know, the rules were you couldn't breed a dog that you didn't own unless you had written permission from the owner and all that kind of stuff. Well that's kinda of hard to manage when you live in you know different countries and different states and so I would whenever I left somewhere I would usually put somebody else's name on my dogs so that they could do they could read them if they wanted to they could take care of the UKC requirements you know, getting the papers done and all that kind of stuff uh, without me you know, you know being in the military sometimes I would uh, you know, I might get somewhere that 
they couldn't get a hold of me, you know. Well, that makes that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. So, for for the listeners that didn't know, that's the story. I mean, when you now Slammer was just Skaggs Black Slammer, wasn't he? Yes. But McElroy and Skaggs Black Slam was that way because you you were the sole owner, but you you had him as an owner uh, as a name, so as he yeah. could he could operate as as a breeder. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, they took the dog. Uh, I remember a friend of mine named Tom McFarland lived in Texas. He had slam down there and was hunting slam down in East Texas. And Timmy wanted to breed a female to him. So he said, Tom, he said, we'll just take him up to Oklahoma and have him drawn. And while you're up there, have about 25 more breedings frozen and tell him Randy will take care of the bill when he gets home. Well, I was in I was in Oman or somewhere. In the, I was somewhere in the desert sleeping in a tent, and come back and find out I owed somebody a bunch of money for my wife like to die, and I told her I owed somebody fifteen hundred dollars for for saving semen on a dog. That 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 was all stuff that we done back then. You know, we had we done what we had to do to get things done. You know. Well, that uh, a friend of mine over in uh, Arkansas was hunting. Uh, a female that that's a grand pup um think here yeah i believe it's a grand pup of slam semen somebody made a cross on that semen years ago and it made a male dog in in arkansas and that male dog was was bred to a, a daughter of ike which is some of the stuff i hunt and that female is i believe she's that's her breeding and she's uh been top 16 in arkansas state for a couple years and she's a uh, won several thousand dollars in pkc so she's a which dog is that now? Which her one? name is s'more yeah uh, cody it used to be cody Thorns, though. yep yeah 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 i think maybe cody had the male dog the out of slam or something i can't remember but he made the yeah, cross he, cody went and got some dogs when I lived in New Mexico, uh, I hunted a lot with a man. He's he's gone now, but uh, I hunted a lot of big game. Uh, and we bred some dogs back and forth, and uh, that's where uh, that's where some of the dogs that Cody had, and then uh, and they bred them back to the Ike dogs. That's where some of that comes from. Yep. Yep. So I guess uh, Slam, you was pretty high on Slam. He's one of the best you had, you think? Yeah, he just didn't. Uh, Slam was a, if you didn't want to go hunting, you better not turn him loose. Uh, he just didn't. He didn't hardly come back. And he was going to get tree just about every time. And he stands straight up on the tree. And I've had guys that hunted Walker dogs for years and said they'd never seen a dog tree like he did. And it didn't make any difference what you hunted with him. I've seen young dogs go up between his legs and get a hold of his tracking collar and shaking on his tracking collar, and he never looked down. Uh, but he was just, I always tell people, and I honestly believe this, you can go to a tree that Slam was treed on, take a paintbrush and paint you a line 
an inch of each side of his front feet and come back in an hour, he'd be right inside those lines. He wouldn't be outside the line. He just didn't. He was just an impressive, impressive tree dog. Yeah. I had him in a cast in New Mexico one time. It was me and George Hobbs and the other two guys, I can't remember. But uh, we cut them loose and they all struck and slammed his tree. The other dogs kept on going. We go to the tree and Slam's got a coon, plus him up. Turn him, lead him a little while, turn him loose. He goes towards the other dogs, strikes in with the other dogs, trees again, they keep on going. You go to his tree and he's got a coon. He does that four times. He treated the, the whole litter of coons, and the other dogs were still running, and they all quit and caught theirs and went home. And that's that ended that hunt. But he would. If you put him out where, especially in the spring of the year, where there's kitten coons, he'd do his best to tree every one of them. And you could lead, you could lead him one direction and turn him loose, and want him to go that way. If there's a litter of coons back behind you, he'd go back and tree another one. You know, he was just a, a an absolutely born. You know, he'd come in this world straight. He wouldn't he wouldn't run. The only thing I ever seen in tree is he treated a porcupine in New Mexico one night. That the only the only thing I ever did see him tree or, or run that wasn't a coon. Yeah. So a cul- yeah, he was just a lot of, cul- lot of fun to hunt. Culmination of years of your breeding back and forth in them dogs, I guess, with Abby being on the bottom side and of course Slammer being on the top. Yeah, and you just you when you get when you sit back and you go to thinking about them, you can kind of see some of the things that they took from. I made this cross, and like I told you, oh, the rock dog that John had was pretty much always just a, he'd occasionally tree a possum, not very often, but he was just broke to an extreme. And you can see where some of that stuff come from. Like at Misty, when I bought Misty, the man I bought her from had used her as a deer dog to run deers with. And that's what they kept her for, to run deers with. And she got to falling off and treeing coons and aggravating them. So they got rid of her. Uh, so, and then you, you over the period of a few years, you get them down to where you got dogs that are just, say, you know, natural born, just don't ever, don't ever do that stuff, and still hunt hard and still go hard. And, you know, but you can, you can sit back if you if you hunted with all these other dogs, you know which one of those traits that you can kind of attribute to which dog. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Well, you had a, a a big hand in those. Um, I, I I guess do, do you need to run now, Randy? I guess we're getting pretty close on time for you. Or how, how are you looking? Yeah, yeah, I may have to take it. Okay. Well, dark. Yeah. Well, uh, 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 listeners, this is uh, a two parter with uh, uh, Randy Skaggs, the legend in the black and tan breed, and, and without Randy. Uh, we wouldn't have several lines of dogs, and uh, as as Randy has said a couple times on the podcast, they all go back to that trip. Randy and his wife was driving in the countryside around Valonia, seen a yard full of black and tans, and and that's kind of where all this stuff started. Uh, Randy is a treasure of, for the breed. Um, he's one of the best, and uh, we've got uh, we've got these dogs to. Now we've got this enshrined, and we can; these stories can live forever. So, uh, 
for for Raycon Red, uh, for Randy Skaggs, uh, this is Chad Smith. Uh, if you find it in your heart to become a member of the Black Tan Association, go to the website aptcha.net. Become a member. If you friend uh, hunts black dogs, not a member, get him to be a member. There is strength in numbers. For now, that's all. God bless and go black.